Hi, welcome to the Sacred You podcast. I'm Rachel Goodwin and I'm a channel and healer who loves to teach and empower others. I offer a look at spirituality in fresh and new ways and you can see more of my work at my website at rachelgoodwin.dk and the classes and sessions that I do. Hello, today it's all about dragons, eerie dragons. Kieran Morgan is back again, the wonderful Kieran Morgan, and this is a subject he knows so much about, and I just was amazed at what I was hearing. For years I've been reading about dragons and even working with dragons, but there's been quite a few things that I just... I've been wondering about and haven't understood and Kieran was able to dispel so many of the myths that are just really not right and present them in such a crystal clear fashion. It's like I I feel like I've totally got it now. It was absolutely wonderful. So we're hearing about the magic and the mystery of the guardians of the earth energies, a call to dragons, about the Pendragon with Arthur Pendragon. We get a channeling from the Merlin. Hear about Kieran's work with his healing dragon system, Dragon Reiki. Oh, it's just so much good stuff for you today. I hope you really enjoy this. Lots of blessings, everybody. Ahu heia valea noi e kahaliku puaku kui kuhia ho kanaia akapu kumoni nei pihikui kahima naho ikahapili. to another episode of Sacred You and we're here again with Kieran Morgan today. Hello Kieran. Hello. And we're talking about, talking about dragons. Yay! Everyone gets excited. It's really nice in, the, in, in our community when people get excited about dragons. I love it. Big fan. Yeah. Big fan and, and we didn't get to it last time so if anybody hasn't listened to Kieran's first episode go back and listen to that because that's great. And that's all about the violet flame. And um, how did you get on, by the way, Kieran, with your your day with the violet flame at Leaf Hill? Oh, um, I don't know if I actually had a day. Oh, I did a virtual day. Is that that's what it? About? That's what I mean. Yes. Yeah. yeah, that was great. It, it went down really well. It was a little bit confusing for people because um, the, the whole violet, uh, sorry, the whole virtual tour thing sort of took off on the internet when we went as a lockdown so some people thought that i was actually going to be up on the hill with a video camera running around like annika rice oh, doing it live yeah 
but actually I was I was back because of having 20 odd years of, of being up there and um, having done lots of stuff and taken loads of pictures what I did is I, I just put hundreds and hundreds of pictures up um, and talked about the energy points there and um, that the energy exercises I would as I would normally do but in a virtual scenario so it went really well thank you very much for asking it was it was good and I'm glad, I hope people enjoyed it uh, yeah. I certainly enjoyed it and it was a great foil for me to get all the information together in one place and um, you know try to compress it into six hours well done <laughs> Kieran and perhaps that could be turned into a guide at some point it will be yes part of that as we were saying before about writing getting things done it will be part of that guide so it's it's all there all the information about the energy points is there the meditations are all there as well so I can use that as a base for actually getting it done yes yeah, Absolutely. brilliant. Well done. That's it. So that, that step completed. Yeah. Tick. Tick that Oh, box. that's fantastic. And I also saw on Facebook that you've got married. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, just over a month ago, the 1st of May, um, we uh, had a, a little a teeny tiny wedding because um, we were only allowed 15 people at the time. We were really lucky to be able to sort of nip into the the window because we were only a couple of days after the um eased the the rules and regulations here so but we got married in a windmill in Rayleigh which is just up the road 15 minutes up the road um which was really lovely but it's about the same size as your front room so we could only have seven people in there um so our best man was on a tv screen being a virtual best man up on the up on the screen he's like big brother uh, up on the screen doing the readings and things so it was a it was a really lovely day we were lucky with the weather as well because it was sunny and warm um so yes after having delayed for a year we finally managed to to get married, which was awesome. And um, I, we, we gifted a, a, a Leith Hill Tower wedding cake by my mum and my sister. So because it's where we we met and it's where I proposed and it's where we sort of have our uh, very deep uh, love and allegiance there. So um, actually kind of pop up there tomorrow for a day out, kind of have a picnic up on the hill and because we haven't been there for a long time. So, yeah, Aww. but thank you very much. Yeah, it was awesome. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah, and congratulations. It's lovely. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's always nice to hear about these things in these times of ah, burdens and, and so on and so forth. As we were, you know, we, me and Kevin were having a bit of a chat before we started the um, interview today, and I was saying I'm feeling a bit glum because I was hoping my 18 year old son could come over from the UK to Denmark to visit, and it's he can't because of all the regulations and everything. So, we all like to hear about weddings and births and somehow it, it cheers us all up. Yeah, it's nice. And it's nice to be a ray of sunshine. I would say a little ray of sunshine, but I'm not a little person. So <laughs> be a big ray of sunshine. And I even managed to sneak some dragons into the into our wedding. We had a, a lovely um, a little altar with a dragon candlestick, a, a yin-yang dragon together there. And I had a, I've got a, a lovely walking cane with a dragon um, emblazoned on the top of it. So I wandered around like with that. So they they inveigled them with the, 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 themselves into the ceremony as well. So that oh, that's grand. brilliant! Oh, I love that. So dragons, can we start like? Can we start at dragons for beginners? Like, ha, like say someone who you think is probably open to this idea but knows nothing about it. How would you describe dragons to them? Well, what the first thing I would do is and I do do a lot is to, to break down the barriers that people have about dragons possibly, because when we see dragons, not so much now, not so much in, in, in the 20, 
2020s or, or even uh, the last 10 years. But when I was a kid back in the, the sort of uh, 80s and 90s or before that in history, dragons have got a bad press and they've been spin doctored. I don't know if that's the past, if the past tense of spin doctoring is spun doctoring, spun doctored, spin doctored during. But the, um, the sim- symbology of the dragon itself is something that's been within our cultures as long as, as mankind has walked the earth um there has been the signs and symbols the energy of the dragon around them so this there's a symbology that goes back you know to, to thousands of years in in cave paintings or on temples and, and and ancient civilizations but the dragon themselves can be seen as these big fire breathing angry grumpy gits basically miserable guarding a pot of treasure um, just being nasty. And in films, many films and TV series, they're seen as, you know, somebody has to def- do something righteous and grand. They have to defeat the dragon. And this is all part of that spin doctrine. The, uh, the, the transition in, in, in the UK and Britain from the, the pagan world into the Christian world took a long time. And people think it may have just been like a, a dip on a, a chart and click, you know, just someone's flicked a switch and we've gone from from pagan to Christian. Remembering that pagan is just a love of the elements, a love of the earth, a love of the, the goddess energy or the forests and the and the seasons and the turning of the wheel. It's not running around naked on a hillside, biting the heads off chickens and that type of thing. Um, it's just that love of nature. And when Christianity was trying to move us away from that, these signs and symbols that we had um, were, were, were too powerful to be destroyed completely. So they, twisted them they they took them the horned god the the symbol of signs of symbols or anything back in the day that was divine was seen as having horns um so they took that idea and they they sort of demonized it you know really and and sometimes that's a euphemism but it's actually demonizing in this case they took the celtic god of the sun for example lucifer the horned god the bringer of life into this world and they turned him into uh, uh, sorry lou the, the celtic god of the sun they turned him into lucifer they created these winged demons and um, this idea of the fire breathing evil dragon is that demonization that, that that bastardization of this mythology if you look at eastern philosophy the idea of the dragon is an integral part to to the, the, the chinese emperors or to the japanese culture to that whole part of the world indonesia to uh, thailand everything they have dragons as, as symbols of good luck and a good fortune but they are serpentine. They don't have these big leathery wings. And so in the, sort of Western Europe, uh, where the um, the idea of the dragon still existed, they created this big winged leathery beast to, 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 to make them synonymous with demons, to, to synonymous with negativity, to take this idea of the, um, the positivity that they had and really try to sort of squish it down. Same thing with the, just the name with the dragon. So if I were to, to um, with greatest respect and, and love, call you a dragon, right? you wouldn't be entirely happy with that necessarily. The same as being called a witch um, and that type of thing. But these words, again, have been taken and trampled on and demonized. The power that especially the divine feminine energy has, because dragons are very, very much connected with that energy, that nurturing loving energy of the divine feminine so it's it's one of those words or a couple of those words that have been taken and turned into something 
negative and, and taking the power away as as we know the Christian church and has, has worked tirelessly to to squash the divine feminine energy to push it down to 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 take the power away from women to a point where it becomes self-perpetuating so lots of the work at the moment is for, for women is to break that cycle you know in, in self-empowerment and that type of thing and it's another um you know i do lots of work um although i'm a big lumpy viking looking guy i am very much feminine in my aspects and energy so i do spend a lot of time apologizing on behalf of my gender for for the ridiculousness of, of um, sort of masculine posturing uh, and, and, you know, big boys with toys, because there is no such thing as an adult male. We are just big boys with beards. That's all there is. There's just all little boys running around. So the, 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 this whole idea of the, the demon, the dragon uh, guarding that uh, and, and being nasty about it is something which they were trying to do to separate ourselves from this energy. Dragon energy fundamentally in the first part for a sort of beginner's level runs to ley lines or the power of mother earth so we have this ley line system this system of, of grid uh, energy grid that goes around mother earth and not just down in just not just the earth but into the lakes and rivers and streams up into the air uh, you know into the highs and lows of mother earth in and out of her, her beautiful body and when these ley lines come together the ley lines themselves are referred to as dragon lines as well in, in Eastern philosophy and culture regularly. Um, the dragon lines, these lines of energy. And when they come together, this is where we get the mythology of dragons or worms. And this is another thing as well, which is important and on the base level, is that the idea of dragons and wyverns and um, uh, orms and serpents are all synonymous, the same type of energy, energy that moves and shifts, protectors, guardians of gateways, guardians of of uh, energy and consciousness as well in our body and in Mother Earth. Um, they are the the original guardians of the galaxy, if you like, from the films, that type of thing. So Mother Earth has these ley lines around to move around, and the dragon energy moves around those. So their job as guardians of this place is to keep the energy moving and flowing, I've just been doing some research into Chinese medicine and the flow and movement of qi around the body because my body's um, not not very well at the moment. It needs a bit of, uh, I've got energy blockages and things. So as mankind has um, has expanded and we've, you know, we've built cities where, or, or cathedrals or, uh, and many of the cathedrals ended up on these coming together of ley lines as well. So important points of power. They built uh, there were there were places of worship, so Stonehenge, obviously Avebury Ring, um, and the, the the others up in the north of England, especially, and I know there's many around Denmark as well. There signify this coming together of ley lines. So effectively, it's coming together with this energy, the dragons moving and flowing. Dragon I, energy is I, yeah. Can sorry, just, can I just stop you there a moment because yeah. I'm burning to tell you something. Because, so, you know, I live in Roskilde in Denmark. It's about 20 kilometres outside Copenhagen. And it was originally the kind of seat of power for Christianity. But whatever, it's been a sacred place for a really long time. It's got loads of springs and it's got amazing ley lines and stuff going on. Just amazing. And years ago, so I came in seven years ago, 
there's a particular point where so there's like you know you can sort of like I can pick up the different vibrations like certain places are very crown chakra and other places there's a certain place where there's a, there's some yew trees and it's near a cluster um, <clears throat> like a nunnery type of place and it's very earth star like there's a ley line running along the front from the library that's sort of base chakra sacral earth star and I was there one day having a little meditate and I had this sudden vision of like this huge like you say like orm or worm with a y coming along under the ground and it, it was massive and it didn't look like it could see to me it looked quite blind but I really I have to say it did scare me somewhat because of the size and the power of it and I was like <gasps> It knows I'm here. <laughs> and I knew that normally it didn't show itself to people. And I also saw there was like a labyrinth of energy there in front of me. And it was like a gateway or something. And I was like, for years I've been meaning to write to you and ask you about it. And I never got round to it. And everything you just said has sort of described it. But what was really interesting was years later, they did up Roskula Museum and made it much more interesting and they put a panel up on the on the wall about how people believe there was a Lindorm mm. in Roskula and it was bad and evil and terrifying. But I was really excited when I saw that because I thought, oh, perhaps I didn't imagine that vision because it felt it did feel very, 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 very real. And I guess it's a it's a guardian, which is like I think that was like the scary aspect. But I think it like recognised me as sort of a fellow like guardian keeper but i could tell like if you were there on a dark night doing stuff you shouldn't be that that would be quite a dangerous creature that was the sense i got yeah and, and so the, the worms lindworms lindorm again they're all uh, synonymous with this idea of of the dragon energy that ley line energy they are guardians and this is segues nicely onto that idea of guardianship so where the ley lines come together, cross over, they can create energy, create energy vortices, and there are guardians of those. Now, for, for, for many aspects of spirituality, we we spend our time opening ourselves up without necessarily due care and attention, and just opening to divine source and everything's up there, up in the air. The dragon energy is is available and works on all levels of consciousness, like you said. So going through the chakra system, there are guardians of these as well. And they are guardians. And there is this caveat. Now, the idea of this big hoard of treasure, which in, in sort of symbolic idea in terms is knowledge and understanding, self-awareness, self-energizing, uh, awakening, that type of thing. It's very important to only do these things at the right time. So I heard about the Kundalini dragon, for example, the the energy that sits at the base of the spine. And as we awaken spiritually, this dragon is said to awaken and move up our energetic spine, to awaken our chakra system, to awaken ourselves and expand. And when I first heard about this, I thought, oh, cool. Well, I know, I, I you know, I love dragons and everything, and dragons love me. And they said that they're my guardians and guides, which is awesome. So I'm going to awaken this stuff. So I basically sat for for a few weeks trying to energetically kick awake a dragon, which is really stupid mind-numbingly stupid because they are eternal magnificent uh, guardians of energy so eventually this dragon woke up sort of poured out this 
huge plume of energy into my energy system and buggered my back up for about six months. So I wandered around like S-shaped as a little lesson to me. And this is the truth that there are caveats energetically and we forget about them a lot on our spiritual path and journey. There has to be, we have to be ready. We have to be protected. We have to be um, respectful and loving and with the highest intention and good. And so again, this idea of George and the dragon, for example, the, the, the sort of mythology of this um, knight going and saving the damsel in distress from the, from the evil guardian, uh, from the evil dragon. One, I don't really understand why um, any dragon would want a young girl from a village. There's no need for that. You know, and they, oh, well, she must be a virgin. Not, they're not interested in that pure of thought and deed. Yes. So that, that idea of the virgin would then translate into pure thought or deed, which is why uh, the energy would, would would be drawn to that. Um, but this knight there, for, you know, in the name of, uh, you know, with a big cross on the shield and the name of Jesus and whatever, the reason they, get, they are smite, smoted by the dragon is because they're not coming for the best intent. They're not coming for the highest good of themselves. They're doing it in the name of trying to trample down uh, truth and knowledge and understanding from a sort of, sort of pure knowledge type of view. And this is the other thing about the organized religion back in the day. They were trying to steer people away from realizing that the, the, the greatest knowledge and understanding, the greatest way forward for themselves is to travel within rather than to doing what the church wanted is was to go to, to, to spend all your time believing that you have no power, no understanding, no energy, and you have to go to a church to achieve it. And you have to give yourself, your soul, your time, your energy, and most importantly for them, your money to the church. Whereas actually, as we, we, we're working now, is that the greatest truth gets revealed when we go within ourselves and re- revealed our true nature and understanding. And this harps back to the divine feminine energy where the wise women of the, of the, of the village, the, the uh, knowers and seers of the ways of, of, of plants and trees of even cooking is a, is a magical uh, uh, practice. And so the wise women knew all this. They knew about the ley lines, this connection, they were connected with the earth and the seasons. Um, and they were you know, the, 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 the matriarchs of the society. And when they moved over to this patriarchy, there was this where well, you've got to do things our way. And the masculine energy is, of course, you know, do things our way or we'll smite ye. And um, the energy uh, that the dragons, um, they're not a big fan of the whole smite ye thing. They they want to check and make sure that you're ready to receive the energy, which is sometimes why they, they won't let you in or they won't uh, reveal themselves. The idea of the, uh, the Arubris, the infinity loop dragon, which devours its own tail, is that symbol? There's a there's um, uh, symbols of that in Mesopotamia go back five thousand years at least, and they're guardians of tombs and of uh, burial sites. Uh, the yew tree that you were talking about in Roskill, the yew tree is a protector, not necessarily a, a protector of us going into the site, but a protector of the site itself. Um, they you know again can live for, for three four thousand years as well. So the great guardians protected. So for the dragons to reveal themselves as they show that you are ready to work with that energy. And they also, when you're going to these places and they reveal themselves, it's always nice to ask permission to work as we should do everywhere. If we go to the field, if we go to the forest, we should ask for permission to work there. I remember going to Helsinki to do some work there, to give a talk. And we went to this church right on the 
the coast right and the harbour. And it's not normally my place to go to churches. I get my eyes get a little bit twitchy about them, but I have need to see past the the symbology that's there into the truth of the convergence of the ley lines. And uh, I sort of went into a little meditative space, and this sea dragon, ocean dragon, revealed itself to me, and just was desperate to 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 work. And so we pushed this energy back up through the rivers and spreading out into to the whole of Finland. And this is what's happening at the moment: the energy of the dragons is reawakening because the society and our consciousness spiritually is reawakening to to reveal the church of the self if that is a is a, a phrase that i can use revealing that we we work within ourselves and to understand ourselves and know ourselves and our path so these um these energies are reawakening up and down and around uh, and you can see this in, in popular media as well the um, Back in the 80s and 90s, we had Dungeons Dragons cartoon on TV and you had um, Falcor the Luck Dragon from The NeverEnding Story. He was my first port of call from Dragons, really. Uh, or Over the Engine had a little dragon, Idris, that lived in, um, in the train. Um, but apart from that, Dragons, I was fascinated by science fiction and fantasy books as a kid. I read hundreds, uh, uh, nearly all of them that there were at the time. And Dragons were grumpy and evil and nasty save for the the, the dragon riders of pern books by mccaffrey um but i didn't believe that that was right i just i didn't believe that that's what the way that they were there was something fundamental in me that wanted to to to, to see i oh, know they're not really like that but you do get burnt by the fire of the dragon if your intentions are not true and pure and for the greatest good and or you're not ready to work with their energy mm. so, yeah um, yeah 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 and because I, I can remember sort of how big how vast this this energy was, this worm or lindorm or, and um, yeah, it's not anything like anything else I've come across before, you know. Where I mean, like maybe you can't categorise them, but if you could, where would you put them? Are they elementals or creatures or? This is the interesting part as well because they are a, as everything is really, they are an expression of energy. And the interesting thing about dragon as an energy category, as it were, is that they exist in all spheres of consciousness. So if um, I do a, a, a dragon-based um, energy healing system, Pendragon Reiki, which came through um, for nearly four years ago now, and people that were drawn to it asked uh, and had done standard traditional reiki and had regularly done angelic reiki and they weren't sure whether these things were compatible when it comes down to it these are eternal beings they were uh, energetically they were there at the the birth of the cosmos at the birth of the universe the galaxy our planets and i've been shown a meditation that they they breathed fire into the ley lines to help mother earth gain consciousness in the first place so they they have been there throughout our our existence and will continue to be so existing in this universe and guardians into the other ones other universes. It's no um, uh, coincidence to me that the idea of moving between one universe and another is by a system called a wormhole. You know, and I've seen in energetically when we move to a different sphere of consciousness that there are guardians of these spheres of consciousness, the worms, the dragons, the Aruberus, help to to expand and open so that we can move. And when I've been doing um, healing, 
sometimes uh, people have energetic uh, attachments. And what's been happening recently is the dragons have, the infinity dragons of different uh, dimensions have been opening themselves up from this circle, this Arubras, grabbing this entity and taking it back into the dimension where it belongs and then closing the door. So there's no harm done to these things because they're not they're not here to do us harm. They just in the wrong place at the wrong time. They they just grab them and take them back to the dimension where they're supposed to be. So they work on a conscious level in the same realms as the angels. So they can work alongside that very high vibration, that very high frequency, through the streams of consciousness down into the earth, down into the ley lines. There are dragons in. Um, Chinese mythology, they have nine different categories of dragons. There are elemental dragons as well. So the, the idea of um, dryads and elementals that we know of, the, the guardians of the trees and the guardians of the flowers in the land, there are dragon energies that work with that as well. So from the point of view of a, a, an energetic sort of healing modality or uh, a, an assistance to us in our spiritual journey to expand our consciousness. They can help us in every single part of that. Sometimes with the angelic healing and that type of thing, they struggle to get down to the level of the basic physical body because of the vibrations. If we're doing um, soul rescue work, which is another thing that I do, they struggle to get down into the underground, for example, or the, the, the sort of the basement, if you like, of, of human energy to purgatory or the realms where, um, where where souls are trapped or stuck because their vibration is basically too high. It's very difficult for them to to, to lower it enough. Whereas the the dragons, the worms, the, the orms, they, they live in that. So we can work very much with them. So if I'm doing soul rescue work, for example, um, we can call upon their energy. And they're so great at really doing that. When I call upon them for helping with physical pain or physical trauma, they're great at helping with that as well because they exist in all of these different spheres of energy. They can really help to get things done. And what happens a lot of the time is that the dragon sort of lift, if it's a lost soul, for example, they, the dragon sort of lift them up to a point where the angels can get at them and then they can whiz them up in, into the, into back into their divine light and consciousness. So it's a real teamwork thing as well. So lots of people reported back to me after going through the initiations into the dragon energy was that when they were doing their angelic Reiki, the dragons would be there. And if they were doing dragon Reiki, the angels would be there because it all works together. Because when it comes down to it, everything is energy. And mm -hmm. it's just our brains, our, our, our tiny human brains way of processing energy and understanding by seeing and feeling and experiencing these things. Yeah. It's so, it's so helpful. It's so helpful here and all of this. And that really makes sense uh, because the time when I call upon dragons is when I'm doing distant initiations with people because I do it over Zoom. And I call them in to clear that person's space because they're not, because I can't, you know, bring them into a room where everything's all prepared and all the rest of it. And I get them to like fly around in a, in a circle and it's just fantastic. And, you know, I never forget because they're just, they're just the dragons for the job. You know, and it's just it's just so powerful, and that and that I can see there's like lots of other avenues for me to go with them as well. So, but so where did you? How did you go from like the children's sort of dragon idea to actually using them in your spiritual life? What what happened? Can I just um go back and just um do a teeny tiny little exercise? 
with you, which has lasted yeah. about a minute and a half. Yeah, yeah, cool. To go back to that point of protection. So when I when I got into working with the dragons properly, and I'll talk more about that after, um, this energy healing system, which I don't want to bang on about because it will turn into an advert for that, but I just I love it so much that it's just part of my daily routine. They revealed, like I said, these nine different types of dragon, the elemental dragons. So what I did is I came up with this, or I was given or guided, because I, I struggle with that a little bit as well, because it sounds a bit contrite. I've, I came up with this idea of the dragon's call, which is a poem, which is called the elemental dragons. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to do this. I'm going to recite this poem, and I'm going to visualize that dragon energy around you, if you're up for that, if you're open to that as well. Oh, yes, please. Um, it's really simple and easy to to remember. So just um, just take a sec to to tune in to where you are, just relax into the space, just to get a feel for the energy, send your intuition out just to feel how things are. And I'm going to call the energy of the dragons into the space around you to form an energetic Merkaba, three-dimensional energy body around you to clear the space relating to the different elements of the dragons. Dragons of earth and sea and sky, dragons of fire around you fly. Dragons of night and those of gold come close and let your wings unfold. Dragons of love and those of change be with you now and rearrange to dragons of change and those of love, as below then so above. Dragons one and dragons all come close and heed this dragon's call. So what we're doing here is calling to the elemental dragons to form first a triangle around you of earth and sea and sky, then the fire to cleanse and clear. And then we go into three dimensions of night and gold, our divine selves, both high and into the shadow realms, bring that energy close. Dragons of love and change, the the um, uh, other elemental universal uh, elements of, of uh, dimensional space and fill that space around you. So how was that, Rachel? How did that feel? It feels very enlivening. It does because the, the, the dragons energetically are very much like sharks. Sharks have a bad press as well, which is a real shame. But they're constantly moving. They're constantly um, uh, dancing and moving. So the low yeah, lines, the dragon lines, they're always And I've got movement as well. It's like yeah. enlivening in the, in the sense of like, there was like, yeah, movement. Joy, laughter, yeah. happiness, yeah. sinus, your energy system starts to become lifted and you just want to, to do this. So when I'm doing the initiations with dragon, working with dragons, I'm constantly moving. I'm by nature quite quiet and quite um, softly spoken and uh, more of like a mountain rather than anything that moves too much. But when I'm working with the energy of the dragons, it just gets things moving all the time. I can't can't stop. Um so was that was that a positive experience? Was it nice as well? Yeah, 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 yeah. Really it's a really simple it. thing to do. So it, it does, as I said, it works through all the different levels of consciousness and it just creates that positive space as well. So I'm happy to 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 send you that if you want to if you want to call the dragons, you can use that. So oh lovely, just, yeah. And and anyone that, that um uh listens to the podcast that wants to get a copy, they can just get in touch and we can we can sort that out as well. It's a it's a it's a thing that should be out in the world more, I think. Um, so to get back to your question about how I first got into it, as I said, when I was a kid, I was always obsessed with science fiction and fantasy books. Uh, I lived in a big house and my dad was a housemaster in a school, big house in the middle of nowhere up on a mountainside or hillside in, in Surrey. 
in the forest. So if I wasn't running around in the forest, I was reading books. And the books, as I said, were filled with dragon stories. So my dad was a big fan of those. And it didn't quite sit right with me that dragons were always, more often than not, portrayed as evil and grumpy and nasty. Uh, having Welsh heritage as well, the dragon flag was something that I was very proud of. Um, although I get a lot of stick from my wife because, you know, I say that in Welsh, but she says, well, actually, you're half English and half Welsh, and you were born in Epsom in England and Surrey. So, you, you know, technically English. Uh, this was before she found her family found out that they actually have Welsh descent as well. So that shut her up. That was quite funny. Um, so I was always obsessed by the dragon, the idea. But when I, I've got on the spiritual path, when Ed Courtney um, took me in to be um, his apprentice and that type of thing, the dragons started to reveal themselves energetically. So I'd be doing work and a dragon would appear uh, psychically. I could see it or they'd swirl around or they'd be helping out doing things. And, um, you know, when, when you open yourself up to possibility, the right things come to you. So people would start to give me um, pictures of dragons. Um, one of my teachers at school, very strangely, used to call me Dragon Boy. He used to refer to me as Dragon Boy to my mum and dad, even though I had no reference to that. It was when I was six, sort of 16, 18. Um, so when we did the initiation, my mum bought me a little red dragon, little red Welsh dragon. It was my first initiation uh, to connect with energy, the Merlin, the old gods. And I had it pinned on the inside of my trousers, which is a bit weird, but I didn't want anyone to see it. But I was thinking to myself, I just want something. So I had this thing finished. And when I uh, had a, a message come through, through Ed from uh, the Merlin and talked and referred to me, called me little red dragon. You know, nobody had seen this little thing. It was in the inside of my trousers. Nobody could possibly have seen it. Um, and they called me Little Red Dragon. So this was a way of me knowing that it was all, um, you know, making sense. So they could, the, the, the existence was there because there's a healthy skepticism. And uh, you know, I do worry on a regular basis whether it, I, this is all real and lovely and awesome or whether I've got some sort of brain tumor or deep-rooted psychological issues. I think a healthy uh, reality check on a regular basis is a good thing. So that was, uh, yeah, so just uh, 20 years ago now. And then probably 15 years ago, maybe 12, uh, Ed asked me to do a workshop with him on dragons. So I had to start doing research. And they just started to, and it snowballed from there, really. And the more I did it, the more I worked with them, and they started to come through in, in uh, energy work. I did um, a lovely uh, energy system, healing system called Green Ray Reiki, um, which was fantastic and doing that work, which is about earth healing connected with the earth energy. And when I was going through the initiation an enormous green dragon came out through my um, solar plexus chakra and sprayed fire around the room, which scared the bejesus out of some of the more clairvoyant members of the, uh, the throng. And they were, what the hell's going on with that? Um, but it's, it was the earth dragon, this earth healing dragon was making themselves known as well. And it's just, it's just moved on from there, really. And the more I researched, the more I saw that the mythology is um, is almost universal. You know, the, the, the dream time is guarded over by an enormous serpent you know, with the aboriginals. The Maori tribes have the, the same idea and the same thing. North American Indians, the South Americans, um, the Quetzalcoatl, which is uh, one of their big energies, is, is a serpent as well. Um, and it spreads across you know, the world. And... More recently, I've been doing more work into the world of alchemy um, as, a, as a spiritual practice as well as the, the physical alchemy. And dragons are 
vital to that movement because they provide the energy of transformation and change, the fire for things to move and grow and expand alongside the phoenix. And the idea of the dragon and the phoenix in Chinese mythology is the yin-yang coming together, um, which is a symbol for um, good luck and uh, divine energy. And when we got married, we used that as our symbols, the, the dragon and the phoenix for the two of us in our, our stationery and things like that. So the um, the dragons are there and have revealed themselves recently, as I said, as guardians of um, the planet. So Mother Earth has guardians of dragons. So does our galaxy, uh, the solar system, the um, black hole at the centre of our galaxy is, a, is is this wormhole um, to to expand, and also for our consciousness as well. So if we're moving to levels of consciousness, we can fly on the wings of the dragon, the backs of the dragon, to to expand our consciousness. You go, you go back to um, uh, Victorian England, where they would talk of, of chasing the dragon, which would be heroin, I think it is. Um, but it's actually an expansion of consciousness. So they were trying to move to a higher state of consciousness. The whole thing with all of these um, sort of, uh, for me anyway, for, for um, stimulants and that type of thing is to help expand our consciousness. It does have that negative side with addiction and all the trials and tribulations that go with it, but it helps to expand our consciousness in the first part as well. So they're guardians of that. They look after that as well. Um, it is it's something as mankind does tends to be abused and, and overdone. Um, and I'm not condoning the use of, of uh, hallucinogens or narcotics in any way for anything. I don't do that as personal choice. Um, but it's for me, that's what they're there for, to help guide and move us through levels of consciousness. And it's one of the reasons why dragons are coming back so strongly at the moment and have done the last decade. Mankind is going through the shift from the three-dimensional world into the five-dimensional world. Um, and and the, the dragons are reawakening and, and being re-enlivened to help with that shift of movement for Mother Earth as much as, as, as for us. So people are starting again and re, re remembering to, to walk the ley lines. And walking the ley lines is a practice that, that people used to do for, 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 for thousands of years. And we can do this still. We can just walk with positive intent with our energy. We can sing to them if we like singing or just be drawn to that energy. Just getting outside, like you were saying, about going to, to, to places around you. Go to these sites, go to hills, go to waterfalls, go to lakes and rivers. And just now that our consciousness is starting to expand, then we can help to re reinvigorate the ley lines because lots of them become blocked from um, mining from cities being put on them, motorways and that type of thing, blocks that energy, blocks that flow and movement. If we can get these things moving again, then it will help with all of this part and process for ourselves and for the greater good of mankind. So would you would you call on the dragons when you go on a, a walk like that? Because you don't have to do anything special particularly, do you? Just sort of be there and walk around and have an yeah. intention. Absolutely, the intent is is everything. Um, so, if you know, to just to, to to be to exist is the first thing with that open heart and mind, as you said, to to go to the places. But if you'd like to feel a little bit more involved in the process, and you can call to them, use the dragon's call, as I said, or or just to to there is a a dragon song, which. Um, which shifts and moves depending on what we're doing. So soul singing or, or spell singing. And it is this, it tunes into the vibration 
of Mother Earth, and it, the vibration of that shifts and moves like the strings of a guitar or the notes on a harp, depending on where we are. And we pick up on that uh, psychically when we, we, we're we attuned to that type of thing, which is like you were saying the other day about different chakras and things. And there are songs um, that go along with that. Now, it doesn't have to be like a song like um, American Pie by Don McLean or anything like that, or uh, you know anything by Stevie Nicks, but it's just a sound or a um it, it can even just be a vowel sound or just a thrum of energy so um regularly i'll just go out and i'll just i'll just f- feel this song a movement a very simple and there'll be this thing that hums in the back of my head and i'll find myself humming it as i'm walking along and it's that sympathetic resonance so what we're doing is we're lending our energy physically into that intent. You don't Mike, have to. The, the mic was cutting you out a little bit. I could just hear you. Could you do that again, but do it a little bit more softly so it doesn't cut you out? Yeah, sure. But it can be anything. Yeah, yeah, anything yeah, at yeah. all, anything. Yeah, yeah. It is this background sound. Yeah. Um, and it, like I said, it just helps us to feel part of something happening and shifting. When it comes down to it, our intent, our chakra system, our energy systems, as they expand with our expanded consciousness, we'll be sending that energy in anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we can we can sing to the dragons and yeah. um, they can come and work with us. So you started, so you sort of really started, you were saying then with um, – you did a workshop with Edward and this big dragon came through. How how did you go from that to like teaching the dragon Reiki and practicing the dragon Reiki that you're doing now? So I, I did workshops about dragons with Ed to start with, a couple of those. And then um, he sort of, like a fledgling bird, pushed me out of the nest to go off and do my thing. Um, and as I did, my knowledge and understanding of the dragons stuck really uh, expanded and the whole Pandragon Reiki thing was a bit weird um, but then you know lots of stories that we have on our spiritual paths are a bit weird I started to work very much with the energy of the Merlin he's one of my guardians and my patrons and so I started to be able to communicate with him clairvoyantly energetically and I was driving back from work one day I've, I always had a very demanding physical job working as a theatre technician. So I was building stage sets, running around, carrying, moving. I was really tired. And I was driving back um, home after one of the 90-hour weeks that I had um, working in the theatre. And he popped up into my head and he said, uh, he thrust this symbol into, into, in front of my face. And he said, you need to use this and remember this symbol. And I was like, Dude, um, I'm at the traffic lights now. I just, I just he's right. So the traffic light and the traffic lights were on red. So I had to find the back of a. I had a, an old um, car park ticket. I was scrummaging around trying to find a pen. So I drew this thing. So it's a triangle with a spiral that goes into the center of it. Uh, it's not going to help for the podcast, but I've got it tattooed on me now. Oh yeah. And yeah. he said, "So this is this is the the, the dragon's eye." I knew about the dragon's eye from a, from a psychic 
psychism point of view. It's, it's drawn on the brow to help improve psychic sight. But this was an equilateral triangle with a spiral that goes into the center of it. So I drew this thing on this, this little pain display ticket and I drove home and he started to talk and he said, right, you need to you write this down, do all this stuff. So uh, I visualized this triangle in front of me and I, then I visualized it sitting around it. And then I sort of dissolved into this. I was writing this thing out, this healing modality and system. So using this the mudra, which is the hand symbol of, um, uh, with the spiral going into it, visualizing that. And then it expanded into this three-dimensional Merkaba shape. Two days later, the Pendragon's call, the dragon's thing that I just uh, recited to you, I wrote that down as I was in a meeting. I was in a, actually in a health and safety meeting at school talking about whether there should be one door or two doors between the swimming pool and the changing rooms. They were having a big discussion oh, about God. that. And I sat down, I was writing Dragons of Earth and Sea and Sky and all this sort of thing. Um, and so it came through really, really quickly. And he said, you just have to have to do this and you have to get it out into the world. Now, one of the the um, songs I used to sing a lot, it was part of my expansion and initiation to, to awaken, um, was one of the charms of making. Uh, which you may have heard and know. In, really interesting as well as a sidebar. That's been in two films recently, um, Ready Player One, which is all about computer games and has all the t- computer uh, games all the way back from when I was a kid when they first came out to, to 2018. And they use that as this magical um, manifestation spell. It translates as serpent's breath of life and death, the charm of my making. And when we, we click into the synonymous world of serpents and dragons being uh, the same uh, energy, dragon's breath of life and death, the charm of my making. It's also in the film Excalibur, um, which which Merlin as a character in that film sang to uh, or recited to bring the dragon's breath of fog in so that Uhtred could be um, uh, magically glamorized and transformed um, to so that he could lie with uh, the woman of his dreams and produce uh, Arthur in the first place. So I was a bit bizarre. There, there, there was a sort of real, um, for me, real magic. And I know for some people that might be an oxymoron, but I'm a big believer in magic. Um, so I used to sing that that, that song a lot uh, as a part of my um, expansion and part of my uh, clearing spaces and things like that. Um, so, yeah, so the, the, the energy came through in, in 2018. And when I started to, to get out into the world, Ed actually came to the course. He came on my um, uh, level one which was a bit weird having somebody that's been your teacher for 15 years then become your student it's very odd but an interesting cycle circle of life type thing i won't sing the elton john song um but when we did the initiation he was taken back to a time when he was merlin's apprentice and merlin initiated that the the knights of the round table with this energy system to help to protect them when they were going out into the world to search for the grail. And this was a sort of a, a past life memory for him of that happening. Um, so that um, the dragon energy was then sort of a synonymous with the knights as well. When I've gone down to Tintagel, there's this beautiful um, uh, feasting hall of the order of the knights of the round table. And they have the um, coat of arms of many of the knights and many of them have dragons within it or wyverns. Um, so there was that link as well to um, to the to the old ways. 
So it's it's and uh, the whole calling it Pendragon in the first place, the, pen, the Pendragon. Uh, so we know, we may know of Arthur Pendragon or Uhtred Pendragon or Uther uh, as well. And um, it is that name is a, is a, is a, a a title for somebody that works with dragon energy in a very strong and powerful way. So it's like a title. So as the, as Merlin or is the Merlin. So Merlin is a, a title of somebody that works with magic and energy. So um, Imrus, the the um, the druid, embodied the energy of the Merlin so strongly that they became one. The similar to to uh, Jesus Christ, Jesus. The for me, this is my belief system. People may other people may happily believe differently. Jesus was a man, but embodied the Christ energy so much that they became synonymous and inseparable. So he became Jesus Christ. Uh, Emrys, the Merlin, then became Merlin. And Pendragon energy is, or the Pendragon title is just a way of expressing somebody that works with dragon energy at a high level of consciousness. I've always loved that name, Pendragon, (laughs) without knowing why, really. Yeah, that makes a well, lot of sense. Yeah, there's the pen as well for, for the pentagram, the five-pointed star, which represented a balance of all things. And again, this is something which has turned into the evil star of death and horror, and you see it in hundreds of, of horror films. But it, it's it's supposed to be like a, a balance of all things, earth, air, fire, water, and spirit. It is a balance. The Vitruvian man, which da Vinci drew, was balance. And especially at the moment, I know with... Um, Lady Sarah's work that you do, it's all about balance. And lots of my work as well separately is all about balance. So the Pendragon is also about balancing. This Dragon's Eye, which I which I recited, is about balancing for us as well. So if we use it for a vehicle to help heal ourselves, which we can do very well, it's about balancing ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. You've got to go, you've got to tell us about the dragon reiki. Come on. I'd love to hear about that. It's um so we have at the moment there are a couple of levels. The first level is basically the initiation to 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 awaken ourselves to the idea of working with the dragons and knowing and understanding them a bit more, breaking down the barriers, myth busting, um, as as uh, I've been doing in our talk today. And then we use uh, simply use that dragon's eye symbol. So the, the the triangle with the spiral that goes into it, we use that with the intent of helping to clear and balance the chakra system of our clients. I use a nine chakra system, so the traditional seven, but with the earth star chakra and the soul star chakra as well to create the nine, because nine is a magical number and a special um, uh, power number in Chinese mythology connected with the dragons, the nine clans of dragons. And so the intent there is to to, to rest and work with that. Uh, clear, using dragon fire or the, or the, or the, um, uh, the, the dragon's breath to clear the chakra system, all the working way all the way up, and then to re-energize and invigorate, to fill that space with golden light, uh, a golden dragon, um, which is our sort of guardian dragon, um, to 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 come down and fill that space up, fill the Merkabra up around us to to protect us and put us into a positive space. We have um, the ability. Every one of us has a dragon familiar, as well, like a guardian angel, so a dragon-based energy that we can work with. And the initiation helps to awaken our connection with that dragon as well. Um, and as we can have, uh, we have our guardian angel and a healing angel and angels, lots of different jobs and things, the dragons themselves, this dragon familiar is a, is a, a gateway dragon. 
into the realms of all of the dragon energy because they operate, as I said, in all of the different spheres of consciousness. They can be very effective in healing all the different types of ailments that we have, past lives as well. And because they operate outside of linear time and space, the um, past life things that we've gone through, past life trauma, karmic debts, karmic um, uh, sort of... um, uh, certificates we've gone through or pledges that we've made that are no longer relevant or useful in this lifetime they can clear those very quickly because Mm. time doesn't mean anything to them Mm. Um, so they become very very powerful tools in healing so our second level we move on to the infinity loop the erubris and the uh the the lemnus gate and these are really interesting because these uh the the erubris the circle and the infinity loop dragon actually connect from a chemical point of view, chemistry point of view, a physics point of view, to the movement of electrons around a central atom. So the the, the first level of uh, the first electron in, in, in helium and hydrogen goes around in a sphere, constantly moving. And as there's more complicated atoms, they actually move in this infinity loop mm. and they move in three axes, so the up and down, left to right and forwards and backwards. So we tap into that energy to use that symbol of flowing energy, the lemniscate especially, to create these balls of energy to help to balance the left and right hemispheres of our brain, the um, using the throat point as a center into the head and down to the heart, and then from our heart center forwards and backwards in time. And that is very similar to lots of the, the Sarah stuff. Yeah, yeah, because I, I actually use that, that yeah. lemniscate in the initiations. And it's after I've put the symbols in and it's to like bring somebody back into balance, I guess. I mean, the thing is, you know, I get these things and they tell, you know, I get do this, do this. And then I usually find out later, like why I'm doing it. I totally get what you're saying about like the dragon's energy being just so present and so completely useful, like on these lower levels. And I don't want to say lower because then there's a judgment in it, but you know I have to say something so that people understand what I mean. But I, and 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 because that's what I love about Sarah; she's in all of the spheres. But you know, let's be honest: the angels aren't. <laughs> the angels are in the angelic realms. You know, that's the vibration that they're at, yeah. and that's fine. That's fine. And I can totally see it's a bit like you know Uktrasil, the tree of life. I think is it. There's an eagle at the top. Is it an eagle that's at the top and there's a, a serpent at the bottom and they hate each other? Well, mm. I mean, that's, you know, that's the old Nordic mythology. And there's a squirrel that runs up in between, like communicating between the two of them. If we were going to translate that into sort of modern day, it would be the angels at the top and the dragons at the bottom, wouldn't it? Then it's like they both hold, they both hold that, the realm, the world tree, you know, everything that is in, in place and it just all makes so much sense to me now and also like so I work with an angel of Roskila and I get people to tune into that before they do like walks around the chakra system and I've realized because like I said that 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 worm that dragon did present itself to me but I was a little bit scared <laughs> I can see I need to go back and just you know be be with that energy and that is something that I need to bring in to the whole thing to ground to ground it people also you know it's like you've got to have those two got to have those two points isn't it and 
And I think this is where a lot of like people like me and new ages, this is what we're missing. We're missing that, that lower thing. And the dragons are just absolutely, absolutely perfect. It's yeah, there wonderful. is that. Lots of people on the path want to go up because yeah. they believe up is good, up to the angelic realms, up into that world. And they don't want to go down because there's still this unconscious memory that down is bad. Down is where hell is, down is where the devil is, down is where the demons are. And in a, in a sense, that's true, because it is where the demons are. It is where those fears and insecurities comes from. But down in those realms, into the shadow realm, is where the truth is, is where the true belief is, is where the true knowledge and understanding is. And so the, the the dragon's helping us to go down into those realms and always been protectors, you know, with that. If we really know ourselves, you know, if we, if we want to hide away in the angelic realms and all love and light and rainbows and unicorns, that's grand and great. But that will only take us, I believe, it'll only take us so far on our spiritual journey. Yeah. So when we delve down and, and, and into the depths of our psyche and truly understand ourselves, I use film references all the time in my geek world and there's that point where in Star Wars Trinity, Luke Skywalker goes down and he faces the fear and he faces that big fear when he goes through the mistiness and he faces the fear and he sees Darth Vader as being this big challenge he has to overcome. And he believes he has to defeat Darth Vader because he's evil, but actually he has to accept that Darth Vader was his father. Spoiler alert for those of you that haven't seen them, but uh, the films are 40 odd years old now. So, you know, get out more or stay in more. Um, but it is by facing these fears that we can really truly expand and understand ourselves. And people are scared of that. And again, this just goes back to the church saying that all of those things are evil and nasty and will, they will, you know, you'll go mad or you'll end up in, uh, in hell and surrounded by demons because that's where the power is. And power not in a, like, oh, shall become king of the world type power and no, all powerful. That's it. That's where it's self-awareness. Yeah. Self-awareness. That's where, yeah, where, the gold, that's where the gold is. And also, yeah. Going down through that, that's where you find your divinity, is actually going down through that into, into the subconscious, into, yeah. into the shadow. So, and this yeah. is why the world tree, uh, when you go down into the roots of the world tree, they are intermittent. So you, you go so far down, you'll end up at the top again because yeah. everything is connected. So, um, again, this is why I've got it. As, oh, as a yeah. lady reminder here, the, the, the Idrisil, the, the world tree. Yeah, if we yeah. go up enough, then we go and end up going down into the roots of the tree. If we go down into the roots enough, then we're going to end up going back into the top. The rubrus is ever uh, devouring of itself, is ever renewed. So this is why, for me, the spiritual path is about moving on and moving forwards and challenging ourselves all the time to, to expand and know and understand, to devour knowledge, to devour the old part of ourselves that isn't relevant anymore, and to constantly move forward. And I'm really glad, Rachel, that you're saying about the angels don't exist in all of the realms, because it is a bone of contention for many. And it's something I've read lots of books, and from very famous, very well-known, world-renowned people that say, oh, angels are so much better than anything else, and they exist in all of the realms of consciousness. And my eye twitches so much. Because in the, especially in the soul rescue work that I do and working in to clear the energy of purgatory and that type of thing, we, we have to, we have to open the energy portals. We have to pour our energy into that place so that they can get down into, and we have to raise things up so that they can get down and help and they want to, and they, they're there, but they struggle with that. And I'm really glad that you and I have the same. Oh, uh, I didn't know I was saying anything contentious there. It's just, 
you know, I say the things that I, I see in inverted yeah. commas. You know, this is how I perceive it. This is my personal experience. So obviously I think it's true. <laughs> yeah, and, and, I'm the, and, and my experience is, is it's the same. So uh, I'm, I'm a big tick in that box. So do you do um, the Dragon Reiki online or do you have to do it in person? This is the other lovely thing about dragons operating outside of, of linear time and space. So when we do the initiations, and I do do them online, I have done for a while. The first one I did was a lovely, uh, with a lovely uh, friend of mine. The first one I did virtually was a lovely lady in California. Um, so I was doing the initiation. I was drawing the symbol. So we draw it into the energy system, but into the palms for the healing and I was drawing this thing, and she was, she started shouting at me, "What the hell are you doing?" <laughs> <laughs> I said, "Because you couldn't see, because my um, I've got my she got her eyes shut, and she's sat with her palms up on the on the table." And I was drawing this energy in, activating it. And I, I said, "After I said I, I was I was activating the palm chakras." She said, "My my hands are on fire. I could feel these balls of fire." Um, and so that's you know, the, and this was happening real time. And subsequently, I've, I've done several. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually, funny enough, I'm doing one on Monday with a, with a, with a couple of people. And um, it is really interesting to because we can feel that there's this barrier between us as we're in a virtual world, but the energy operates outside of that. So it, it's not bound by our brains saying, well, technology is not going to be the same as sitting in a room with somebody. But we're not working with technology. We're working with energy, and energy has no barriers and bounds. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, it does. Yeah. It does work. Yes. Brilliant. Absolutely. And what's the best place for people to look? Have you got stuff on your website? About yeah. It? Yeah. So on the my um, website, um, brotherofdragons.co.uk, it's under my spiritual services, and um, I haven't at the moment got any dates in the diary for this is when I'm offering level one or two. But if people are interested, I've got forms to fill out, and you can just drop me a line and get in touch because I'm happy to do small groups virtually or uh, hopefully in person soon. Uh, and one-to-ones as well so all the information's there and the same goes for getting in touch with me as well if you want to find out more find me on, on the facebook at brother of dragons or twitter and instagram at brother of dragon or Dra- brother dragons depending on which one it is um but you'll see my dragon logo as well and um yeah so the, the dragon logo which is my brother dragon's logo is an infinity loop dragon a lemniscate oh, dragon yeah. holding a sphere because dragons regularly did. It's the pearl of wisdom or the ball of fire, which is uh, energy and consciousness. But in the center of it is a big K on my um, on my uh, merchandise. But the dragon that I have tattooed on my back, because I've got a full <laughs> back dragon, it is actually a sphere which holds in it a picture of Leith Hill okay. and Leith Hill Tower, So which is where's my, my point of energy and that type of thing. So that's where it all came from. So it's all linked together. I'm, start, I'm starting to feel I'm going to have to provide slides now to go with this podcast. Like <laughs> illustrated by Kieran's tattoos. Yeah. As you were saying that, I was thinking, I wonder if he's got a tattoo of that. <laughs> I do. I do. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so yeah. are there any, any last things you'd like to say about the dragons? And I was just wondering if you'd like to finish on a little, I don't know whether you'd want to do a little channeling about the dragons or do a little dragon exercise or, you know, Whatever, whatever you'd like. Yeah. Um, so, th- some for, for people, the, the barrier to working with dragon energy is that they see them as these big, powerful, huge, infinite beasts, either with dragon fire or something to be scared of or worried about. And it's, it's something to, to try and break down and get over. 
when people see me physically, I'm a big guy. I'm six foot two, 18 odd stone, 110 kilos. And people get a bit scared. And then I open my mouth and everyone just sits back and relaxes. And this is the same with the dragons as well. It's one of the reasons I'm an advocate for their energy and powers because don't judge a book by its cover and don't judge a dragon by its energy. Um, they will present themselves when you're ready to work with them. And the caveat of, of, of this dragon fire is nothing to be scared of. People are scared of fire because we're taught to be scared of fire. But fire is transformation. It is change. It is renewal. It is love. It is light. It is beauty. And so all of these things swirl up into a mixture of the dragons and their energy. So they are beautiful, kind, caring creatures. They are helping us to reconnect with the matriarchs, with the earth, with mother earth and, and uh, the divine feminine energy as much as the masculine. And they're helping us to bring, sorry, they're helping us to bring balance and beauty back into the world and help with the expansion of consciousness. Um, just having a little, little to see, I think Merlin would like to have a little, little word about um, about it. So let me just, uh, just get ready and invite him in. Old are the ways then for the world of dragons. Old is the magic and the word. Old are the paths and the lines. But as we move into a new age, a new dawn, a new light, the dragons can help and are vital to this transformation. To move forwards, many times we must look backwards. And as the Arubarus devours itself, it renews itself and is reborn. And as we as individuals seek new ways, new inspiration, new light, we must let go of old things, outmoded thoughts and beliefs, restrictions. And the energy of the dragon fire or the dragon's breath can do this for this. It can be gentle and soft. It can be warming like a candle or a hearth fire. It does not always need to be a huge plume of fire and flame or a volcano. The fire can be soft and gentle and often is. The caveat with any work of magic or expansion is that you need to be ready and willing. We talk of sacrifice, but this doesn't have to be difficult or challenging doesn't have to be running up a mountain or setting fire to all of your records or clothes or films. It can be a willingness to let go of those things that are ready to go and not the need to hold on to those things just because we have had them for a long time. The dragons work with all of the realms, with the masters, with the angels, with the elementals, and so can be with us in any part of our journey to help and support, to love and to help and heal. 
This is why you can see dragons upon temples in China or Indonesia and Thailand, why Kuan Yin rides upon one, and why the dragon, the infinity loop, sits upon the, the energy system of the magician in the tarot and the fool. Why they are guardians in the city in London, or the tombs in Mesopotamia. When you start to see and expand your vision into seeing the world of dragons, and they are guardians and guides and offers, offer us almost infinite love and energy to transform and change and move. Embrace the dragons when you are ready. Learn about your dragon familiar and guide, and their support and love and light will be with you every bit as much as it will from your guardian angel, or from the love and light of the divine itself. Mm. There you go. Lovely, thank you. You're welcome. It's nice. I haven't um, haven't heard from the old man for a while, so it's nice to get in touch with him again. I had a feeling there was a channeling. I had a feeling there was a channeling to come through. And um, there's also a point in, there's a, there's a Donkirka Cathedral in Roskula, and there's a field in front of it, even though like it's part of like the town. And it's where there's archaeological remains underneath from the medieval times that they haven't built over. And actually, they, there's a farmer that, grows crops on there every year which is really funny because they were in the middle of a town and like at the moment you're walking through and there's like wheat coming up really high but that in the, in this field there's huge amounts of different um vortexes there's all these ley lines that, it's like charing cross it's insane really insane Kieran. but one of them down the bottom and i i haven't really connected with this one it's a learning energy and I was like, well, what's he doing here? <laughs> what's he do-? And then I, I put, because I put this on, I have a, 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 a sacred screen, uh, Springs of Roskula page, and I put it on there one time. There's a Merlin energy. Someone said, oh, yeah, someone said, some clairvoyant said that Merlin came through here. And I was like, oh, really? Well, I suppose he could have got around. I mean, people did travel, didn't they? It's like, yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's something else for me to investigate. Because I have to say, I've never really um, connected with Merlin's energies. You know, I've always been working with divine feminine energies, mm. to be honest. And like the whole masculine thing's never really, never really sort of happened for me spiritually. But perhaps it's time. Perhaps it's time. It's, it's been absolutely wonderful talking to you here and I've enjoyed that so much today and I've learned so much and I know everyone listening will have learned so much as well and thank you I will put all the links for everyone that we've been talking about your website and Facebook and so on I will put them in the show notes so people can just go in there and find it but thank you it's been wonderful oh, you're welcome you're welcome and thank you for for inviting me back and getting a chance to to rub it on about my beloved dragons Oh, you're well. That's it. I was getting requests from your fans. Oh, good. <laughs> awesome. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And um, see you again. Bye bye. Bye.